Welcome to Business Lines State of the Economy podcast where you will find insight analysis and the story behind the numbers. Hello and welcome to the State of Economy podcast by Business Line. I am your host Jyoti Bantia and today we'll talk about the Indian space tech startup ecosystem. India has shown a remarkable growth and innovation in the space tech startup sector and has secured a formidable position as a contender on the global stage. According to recent insights by Traxin, India ranks 7th in terms of funding within the international space tech landscape for the year. We have Sheetal Behel, partner at Mirac Ventures and Growex Ventures, and Yashas Karnam, CEO and co-founder of Bellatrix Aerospace with us who can give us a wider perspective on the space. Opening the floor of discussion for them, the sector is, has experienced a remarkable growth in terms of funding at 28 million in 2020 to 96 million in 2021 112 million in 2022 which is around a 17% in, uh, increase from 2021 and in this year alone in the first 6 months we have seen a investment in terms of like 62 million how has the investment in the space startup sector grown to this extent sheetal if you could please come in first and give us a perspective on it sure jyoti thank you for having us here Um, Chuti, I'm going to start by saying that I actually think these numbers are not reflective of the high level of interest in the Indian space tech startup space tech sector, um, as well as the kind of progress it's made as and the kind of attention it's getting. The numbers are relatively small because you know you have one in the consumer space, you have one to one hundred million dollar funding, and that overshadows everything in space tech. But Space tech actually has a lot more interesting stuff going on, and generally, God has much more interest. So, if I were to just step back and talk about, you know, why this has happened, you know, when we started tracking this a few years ago, there were two or three things that started happening. One was just the demand for space-based solutions started rising. You know, traditionally, these were domains of governments, which were primarily used for defense, telecom, etc. uh but now a whole bunch of newer applications have emerged whether it's high speed internet for rural areas decongestion of urban networks high quality imagery based intelligence etc uh and on the other hand you know supply has become much more cheaper and accessible the cost of satellite manufacturing has gone down waiting times have gone down launch costs have you know dropped by an order of magnitude satellite size and weight has shrunk etc and then there are also a bunch of ancillary technologies which have come into play which have helped support the structure with everything from advances in 3d printing to all sorts of special nanotech materials to eventually you know the pro rise of ai the rise of computing etc so all these have come together and just created globally an industry conducive for space tech startups to emerge and india additionally has the added advantage of the fact that we have great regulatory tailwinds and we have a formidable organization in isro which is comparable with the best in the world which has supported the startup ecosystem extensively so all these things have come together quite nicely and created a really big boost i expect that we will start seeing even more meaningful funding in space tech startups uh in the coming years uh what we're seeing right now is just you know on the tip of the iceberg okay uh yashwas if you could please weigh in yeah so i think i would uh, uh, i cannot agree less on what uh, sheetal just spoke so i think there is a lot of investor buzz currently happening i think uh, when we first uh, raised our investment in growex was also a significant part of that so i think around that time um, when we went to the investors um, i think generally it was more of educating investors of the space and kind of highlighting that there is a sector called space where i think there is a lot of potential for india to grow but i think today as you can see i think there are a lot of 
inbound interest right so funds are actively looking for startups which are uh, doing some disruptive uh, technologies in the space i think overall it's also a lot to do with the buzz that isro is creating maybe it could be chandrayaan that happened recently or uh, even generally the government announcements on opening up the private sector and then relaxing the policies relaxing fdi and then allowing companies to access isro's facilities so a lot of these have really changed the perspective and then uh, erase some of the gray areas where i think investors initially thought would the government really want to support space tech area because it's a strategic sector so today i think uh, that uh, clarity or that confidence has come to the investors that government is really taking the first step in promoting and helping companies uh, go global and also cater to the global market and that message uh, became loud and clear after inspace was formed inspace as you would be aware is uh the regulatory arm which was formed uh, spun out of department of space and uh, they got a industry person dr pavan goenka from mahendra who came in and i think all these have really opened up the sector today as both of you mentioned that the public and the private partnership is going to help the space to grow so this is what my next question was also how will the public and the private partnership will help the space to grow in terms of whether it is setting up of, of in space or isro also tying up with private companies to cater to new launches and things like that how will this public and private partnership help the space so i think uh, in terms of public private partnerships right there are a lot of areas where uh, we can think about one of the first one that i think the government has started out is the privatization of pslb if you know there was a big uh, news announcement uh, towards end of last year where a consortium led by uh, hl and lnt which is a public private partnership went on to get a tech transfer from isro for pslv so that they can own and operate the pslv so they have been qualified and they are in the process of getting the technology transfer similarly the sslv rocket which was recently debuted is also open for uh, privatization and then there were about 14 consortiums industry consortiums which actually bid for this where isro is still the owner of the rocket but i think through a p2 uh, public private partnership model i think they are going to operate and launch the entire launch vehicle there could be a lot of avenues where some part of technologies can come in from government entities for example if there is something that isro has developed taking about uh, 20 years and about 500 or 1000 crores of public money into that r&d it is easier for them to license out that technology to some of the companies through this kind of a partnership though it is kind of strategic and then industries can take up large scale production and then selectively we can also try to uh, look at catering to our programs or even exporting these so that way um, there are a lot of market opportunities which can open up this way uh you just gave some very specific points i'll zoom out and just give a couple of general points which is what this does is one is that there are shared risks and costs now right both financial and operational between the public and private space um second is that just uh you know there is improved pace of technological innovation because now you have the agility of the private sector uh and you have the might of the public sector coming together and then there is just opening up to newer markets international collaboration becomes a little easier so i think isro is a is mighty organization right and isro come working in conjunction or lending its support lending its technologies providing testing infrastructure etc or to private sectors uh, companies just comes together very very nicely like i said earlier you know there's the whole agility on one side and there's the formidability of the public sector which comes into play these three things i think help the entire industry to go Yeah the government's budget of 
initiates further support for the private enterprises role in this sector in terms of launching satellites or, or and rockets to the operating earth station with 0% gst regime right so how has this helped the industry one of the biggest things that's happened in the industry for this is that it's just lent a certain amount of clarity, right? Both the budget 2023 as well as the new Indian Space Policy 2023 have provided a lot more clarity with respect to uh, tech transfer, taxation, beyond, etc. And just to various stakeholders in the whole ecosystem, from founders building it to investors in space tech. I think the 0% GST uh, announcement was, you know, widely welcomed by everybody because it gave more of a level playing field you know, to private sector companies. And, uh, you know, I'm sure Yasha has something to add about that. While, while this has happened, there is still some more work to be done on this part. And we've talked about this in past forums also about how there is some, you know, confusion around some aspects around policy, etc. So some more work needs to be done. But I think we've come some way uh, and this could progress. Yeah, just to add on to that, right? So I, uh, I can give you the scenario. I think if you were in India and you were a satellite company a few years back, right? I'm just uh, trying to narrate this scenario. Uh, imagine a Thales or a Planet Lab uh, from the US wants to come and launch with India. And one of the reasons they're really attracted to launching from India is the price point that we offer and also the orbital precision and the reliability that we are bringing onto the table. So if uh, we are competing with SpaceX and we are probably the only other name that everybody in the world takes up when it comes to like uh, price competitiveness apart from SpaceX, that is uh, really the PSLV rocket of ISRO. Uh, so if I was a foreign company, I would come and launch at say some $10,000 per kilogram. That is the kind of price that is out there. But I think uh, the prices are uh, definitely subject to change and it is Encel which decides the price at a particular point of time. Uh, so with uh, these kinds of uh, price points, I think um, it's really an attractive deal. But if I were an Indian company and then I was to like launch on a ISRO's PSLV itself, I would attract additional 18% GST over and above that. Whereas a foreign competitor of mine would launch from the same rocket without having to pay that GST. So by unfortunately, my prices being an Indian company would be about 18% more than a foreign player because of this GST entity. And it was only for Indian private industries, right? And since it's ISRO's rocket for every of ISRO's launch or maybe even DRDO's launch if it's a government launch by itself. So all of these would not attract GST because it's inter-government transactions. So this issue never came up uh, because it was all happening within the governments. It only came up now because private industries are now ready to come and uh, pursue their own launches on an Indian rocket. So that was when this case was taken up. A lot of industries like us uh, have been lobbying this for about uh, three and a half, four years. So finally, we are happy that the finance ministry really heard it and Department of Space also pushed for and then promoted this kind of a change coming up. Overall, it's a real welcome move and uh, it really helps us uh, kind of be at the same uh, lines in terms of the prices compared to the global competitors that we have. Uh, this would also open up a lot of avenues for private launch companies as well, right? So earlier, if private launch companies from India started international operations, they would also be forced to charge about 18% to their international customers, whereas a SpaceX would not have to do that. So that way, even if a Skyroot or a Agnikul or any other Indian launch company starts its operations and they start charging, they get that 18% GST waiver. It's at 0%, which makes it a much more attractive bet for foreign companies to come to Indian companies. Absolutely. That would make India's space sector boom also when it compared to its global counterparts. There have been talks of PLI scheme in this sector. 
how do you think that the pli scheme would benefit this sector so i think there have been about 14 sectors in india where pli schemes have been effective today and uh, these are all sectors where i think the government thinks uh, strategic importance is required from the government side and then uh, there is also a lot of potential and opportunity space is definitely one among them because i think globally if you see the space industry even though isro is kind of having so many achievements like being the fourth country to go to the moon and uh, several of these kinds of um, uh, like achievements there Uh, India still kind of caters to less than two percent of the global space industry as such. In terms of economics, it's just about one and a half percent as of today. And we have all the technologies that are required to actually go and make it big. And uh, that is the gap that the government is trying to fulfill. And globally today, the space industry is already a four fifty billion dollar industry and is set to go to a trillion dollars by twenty thirty five. Towards this, um, we really have to bring in as much as push. and as much as support from the government to really incentivize and bring in some technologies and one thing that india really lacks in the sector is some of the key critical components which are required for satellites it could be uh, the entire solar cell technology for space right so these are more uh, efficient solar panels compared to what we use in uh, domestic or uh, household uh, power generations so uh, these kinds of cells are not produced in india even within isro so these are some technologies for example through something like a pli scheme could attract some of the foreign companies to come and set up in india and this pli scheme linked with affordable manufacturing and then overall economics of operations and then ease of export and all of that could make india a hub for some technologies like this so i think the solar uh, panel technology was one that i gave you as an instance but if you look at satellites there are many payloads also which come in it could be like a imager um, like a camera system or a communication module so a lot of these um, core electronics which are involved in a satellite are not made in india and everybody really imports them so these kinds of schemes of giving about 4% 5% 6% incentive which is linked to performance could actually attract some foreign companies to come and set up shop and that could eventually give us that technology right so there are people working on that then they actually get exposed to the technology and know how and eventually there could be more uh, companies within the country which have indigenous capabilities and also for indian companies i think it really helps us uh, play out the cost game especially we know that china could uh, come in and catch into any sector at any point of time space though is strategic and people do not want to work with china as such but i think we will never know how they would kind of ramp up and all of this so even this 4 6% incentives are going to help us a long way in terms of pricing our product right and capturing a bigger market globally thank you for explaining how these pli schemes could work and uh, benefit of us what are the challenges that the sector faces in terms of whether it is policy or in other ways what are the challenges that are plaguing the sector sheetal if you could please go first let me start off with the one obvious thing that i've seen across both our space tech investments and you know yashas can tell you about this is this is not a sector which is yet attracted enough investor interest a later stage investor interest right so if you see all the startups who have been funded in india they've primarily been funded by seed stage investors like us we've had some later stage money coming in but it's been primarily coming in from outside of india so if you watch the recent fundings which have happened in skyroot and pixel and others indian later stage investors tend to be somewhat risk averse when it comes to deep tech and emerging tech um and you know space tech is pretty far out there as by as far as deep tech standards go and that's definitely one challenge that i see that you know where is the 
really big money going to come from? Where is the where the 50 million, 100 million, 200 million dollars kind of funding going to come from? That's from an investor perspective. Um, I think the other couple of related things will be as you know, as the startup space starts to grow, there's also like there's a limited talent pool that we have to work with right now. Um, this talent pool increases with every year. You know, space is uh, is sexy and loved by college. It's attractive to them. There are a lot of entrepreneurs emerging from colleges, but there's still a very limited pool of talent available. Um, and again, Yasha, I'm sure we'll be able to talk more about this. Uh, I think we'll have to make some more active efforts to develop, you know, talent pool around this. So um, those are like two top of mind things. Yashas, would you like to add your perspective on this? Yeah, definitely, Sheetal. I think uh, the points you covered were uh, really important ones, the real pain points. I think over and above that, there are also some uh, smaller things, um, I think, which have to be improved or which could be done better. One of them is... Um, the policy itself, right? There has been a new Space Act which has passed through the parliament, but I think the detailed policy is yet to come and then um, there are a lot of things that uh, people want, are waiting to kind of uh, see how the policy is going to treat those things. I think we are waiting for the policy to come and uh, the sooner it comes, the better because I think companies are going commercial and having that kind of clarity is going to reinforce some more confidence into the sector. And second, uh, in terms of FDI, so as Sheetal was pointing out, it's all uh, money that might have to come from abroad eventually, right? So there are no Indian investors who are taking the big checks, uh, which are greater than $20 million at this point of time. So uh, for this foreign money to come in, I think right now the FDI policy is uh, still under the government approval route for the space sector. So if I have to take an investment, I have to apply to the government and then there is a three-month, four-month process in getting the entire paperwork through and getting the approvals. And more than that, there is also certain documents that we might have to furnish, which I think would take some time and effort for us to collect from the investors and convince them to go through this route. So that is one of the bottleneck as we speak. There is a proposition currently uh, being discussed at uh, different ministries. It has gone for some all-ministry approvals is what I understand, where I think um, a new FDI policy is coming up which kind of relaxes and opens the sector for free investments up to a certain threshold percentage. So I think if that comes up, um, it becomes a major game changer here. That was one of the other uh, pressing needs here for the sector. And um, third point I wanted to stress on is the fact that this is a very capital intensive industry, right? So it's a uh, space industry is called, is usually we make this joke, it's a sinkhole for money. Um, I mean, always this provision to go and use ISRO's facilities, but at the same time, if ISRO also has to deliver on its own timelines and also share the facilities with industries, I don't know what amount of like uh, time you would get on ISRO's facilities, right? And uh, these uh, facilities, as I said, are super expensive. And for you to put it, you would require that much amount of capital infrastructure and then also that much of expertise to even handle these expensive ex uh, equipment. You could probably import a equipment which is uh, costing you about two and a half, three million or even $5 million from abroad. But if you don't have the right people or the right knowledge base here in India to sit and operate these equipments, you might end up uh, destroying it. So this is another uh, technical challenge. And the next one is um, around some of the technologies that India still does not have. So there are a lot of technologies where nobody in India currently has access to and space industry in US has already gone to a certain stage where uh, we are still catching up. 
so that way there are uh, several uh, different challenges so i think i want to kind of stop here so that this list actually keeps going on and on i would like you to give me closing thoughts sheetal if you could please go first yeah actually chuti it's for summing up i'm going to do it slightly differently yashas i have a question for you uh, for you to share your thoughts how did this whole space industry become attractive to younger entrepreneurs it's really far out how did you guys decide to get into this and why has it become such a big buzz in the last 5 years no sheetal i think it was uh, mostly the gap in uh, terms of the technology right so if you look at how the space industry matured earlier in 1950s and 1960s it was agencies like nasa isro here european space agencies multiple verticals all of them they were the ones who were building on space technology and it was the era of the space race right us versus russia in going to space going to moon and all of these kinds of things sending the first satellite and all of that uh, but i think the enthusiasm kind of died down after the soviet breakdown and after that all the space agencies cut down their budgets on the space tech sector and after that it was slowly decided to move it on to the industry and the same technologies were transferred to the uh, defense agencies which were in um, uh, helm of affairs that time it could be agencies like airbus or talus in europe or uh, it could be northrop boeing and uh, raytheon in the us so kind of the technologies percolated to these kinds of companies and ever since the same technologies have been reused multiple times there have been not a lot of fights in terms of industrial r&d in terms of building new tech or new products of course nasa and isro have been like building their own tech but the kind of progress that is happening is really very very slow and because of that industry is kind of stuck at that point of phase and it only took a SpaceX to kind of point out this problem and then people to realize that if you start looking in terms of disrupting prices or a uh, simpler tech which could kind of replace a lot of systems i think the entire industry is up for a change and um, there is a lot of scope for innovation right um, just to give you some perspective until spacex uh, came and took up the cargo um, refueling uh, missions i think the cost of that which was charged by lockheed and boeing together that was about uh, two, uh, around 230 million dollars for a cargo mission and spacex came and brought that price down to 62 million dollars which even today none of the companies are able to kind of compete it was only possible because elon musk came up with a new technology and then there was a new hope that something like this could really change the industry and uh, bring in more scope for innovations because by reducing the cost you are opening up the sector for more and more innovations where the cost is saved so that was the entire thought process and this really opened up several satellite constellations also and for right. us at metrics we also saw similar gaps in the satellite propulsion industry so that's how we kind of ventured into that and thought we'll build new age engines which are never there in the industry for these satellite constellations and make engines more effective yeah very cool i think uh, musk and spacex land up doing for the us i think chandrayaan 3 is going to land up doing for india i think suddenly space industry has entered the public zeitgeist and i think we're going to see a lot more interest from entrepreneurs i think you're going to see a glut of investor money and we'll see a lot of boom from here on yeah hopefully i hope it the space also invested in the space to help it grow further nothing would be better than that i guess thank you so much to both of you for joining this podcast thanks shruti thanks for having us